0: Welcome to Between Two Trains, a bi-monthly business podcast that talks with the best and brightest entrepreneurs and business owners in the North DeKalb area. Today, your co-hosts are Van Pappas of Oxygen Financial and Tom Abbott of Thomas Ramone Realty. And now, Between Two Trains.
1: All right, welcome to Between Two Trains. Uh, This is your co-host, Van Pappas, and uh, I'm here with Tom Abbott, my co-host, and today we will have... Uh, a guest that I'm really excited about bringing on, Pam Kachmar from Frosty Caboose, will be on the show. But before we get started with that, uh, we are going to, Tom, we're going to introduce a new segment to our podcast. We're going to call it Entrepreneur Talk. You ready yeah. for Entrepreneur Talk? Good, good stuff. Yeah. So this week on Entrepreneur Talk, we are going to be talking about creating a social challenge. Tom, do you remember um, all the rage a year or two ago with the ice bucket challenge. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Big time. Big yeah. Time. Everyone yeah.
1: was uh, challenging each other to dump a bucket of ice water over their head. And, and
0: I thankfully did never do it. No, you didn't do it. <laughs> no, I didn't do that one. Uh,
1: I was challenged, but I didn't do it either. Okay, so okay. I feel bad about that. Um, you know, challenges really get people engaged in stuff now, um, what we need to do as entrepreneurs is figure out how we can get people engaged in challenges that will help our business. So um, what I've learned over the last uh, couple of months is that there's really four things that business owners can do uh, to create their own social media challenge. Um, and the first one is deciding on the purpose of their online challenge. So, Exactly. I mean,
0: you're like, if you're going to do an online challenge, you want to you know what, what like what is its purpose is it to promote your business or a cause or or something like that so you really kind of got to have that that mission
1: idea behind you before you start going now obviously we don't want a challenge that's going to be harmful i don't know the these young kids today have you seen online recently about this this tide pod challenge Great. this is Absolutely. this is ridiculous to me. These kids are endangering their lives. So whatever challenge you come up with for your business as an entrepreneur, we want to make it so that, uh, you know, it will drive that purpose. And when you do come up with the idea, you want to have a, you know, people have a short-lived memory, you know, that ice bucket challenge, um, you know, it's not going on anymore. So there is a time frame, sort of an expiration date on on these challenges. And what I've found is that 10 days is really the best. If you want to drive something socially, you know, if you do it for 10 days, you should have the maximum engagement.
0: Right. And Um, when you do that, you want to make sure that you're, you're picking something that people will engage with. I've learned and done some stuff I'm doing with Facebook now, like if it's a question or, you know, do you like beer or wine or or something like that, depending on like your business or, or something like our guest today might say, do you like chocolate or vanilla or, you know, something like that to be able to engage people and, you know, reach out to them that way. So it's something they're really going to answer and follow up
1: on. You're so right. And that kind of leads into the second thing you have to do as an entrepreneur. And that's, Choose a hashtag and a social outlet. So, you know, there's so many social media outlets. Facebook is a huge one. Twitter. Instagram is becoming big. But you have to have that hashtag that people can share so that everyone starts seeing what's going on. So um, that's really the second phase of creating that social media challenge is deciding exactly where you're going to uh, market that and and how you're going to do it. And keep it simple keep it simple. Keep Absolutely. It simple. They, yeah. they got to type it somewhere. Yeah. So the other thing you want to be able to do is make it so what I call be evergreen. And what I mean by that, Tom, is that um, we want to be able to recycle stuff if, if it works. You know, if we try 10 different challenges in our you know business career, we might find that a couple of them really worked well and we want to recycle those. So you want to make it what I call something you can reuse, something that's evergreen. Um, And then time management, you know, business owners, entrepreneurs, um, they are obviously busy people. Um, Some of them are small business owners and they can't necessarily go out and hire a marketing firm or a social media group to, to push their, their um, challenge, you know, and do all the social media. So you got to manage time. What I've been trying to do is create a sort of a, a calendar, if you will, through a spreadsheet, so that I can keep track of when I post stuff, how it's posted, and and manage that time.
0: Yeah, you want to like like you say a calendar or um, you know time block in your day. Like okay, if if you think social media need to do it, you know every day, you know thirty minutes in the morning, thirty minutes at night. I mean I I know people who can get on Facebook and it's it's just it sucks you in. You're gone. So you got to really manage that. Um, I do all my own social media and I. I enjoy doing it, but I can certainly understand why somebody would pay somebody to do it because of how much time it takes. Do, when
1: when do you usually do your social – do you, like, designate in your calendar a specific time to do that?
0: I should. I don't. I need to. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I have to get better at turning Facebook off just like email and, like, have it go away and not be there. But it shows up on my phone. So I have to turn my phone upside down. I mean I have to make it go away or I'll be – it's like a, they call it a squirrel, you know, like you, boom, you'll be after something on Facebook. And next thing I've been on Facebook for 20 minutes. And I'm like, what, what am I doing here? So I try I, I don't yet, but I'm trying to get to where like pick times, just like read email. OK, I'm going to be on Facebook for an hour, 30 minutes now, and then I'll do a 30 minutes here and 30 minutes there. Um, but that also evolves. That would be a whole segment we could
1: talk about of how to manage that process as well. I think I see a future episode That's entrepreneur talk now. So we'll we'll end it here with the entrepreneur talk. And we're going to take a short commercial break, and we will be back with our guest, Pam Kachmar from Frosty Caboose. Are you a Shambly entrepreneur or business owner? Do you want to support the Shambly business community? Then come join the Shambly Chamber of Commerce. The chamber is dedicated to promoting and advocating for the business interests of our diverse community. Through our partnerships with government and community organizations, the Chamber looks to nurture positive business growth. The Chambly Chamber also offers many different sponsorship and hosting opportunities at our monthly breakfast meetings, which feature business leaders and speakers from around the Atlanta area, and at our larger events, such as the annual State of the City Address. Join the Chamber today to open a whole world of networking and advertising opportunities for your business. Learn more at chamblychamber.org. Welcome back to the Between Two Trains Business Podcast. I am your co-host, Van Pappas, and I'm here with my co-host, Tom Abbott, and I want to bring in our guest, uh, Pam Kachmar from Frosty Caboose. Pam, welcome to the show.
2: Well, thank you for inviting me in, Dan and Tom. This is great.
1: Yeah. So, Pam, Frosty Caboose, uh, you know, you and I have known each other for a number of years now. and. You know, I've said to you, Frosty Caboose is sort of like the big chicken of Shambly. It's a landmark, if you will. Um, is that what you were trying to create, or did that really not play into when you first started your business?
2: I don't think I thought of us as being a landmark, but we wanted to do something as a destination place for Shambly. My brother, who I partnered with to open this, um, had started a project where the vintage pizza is Heritage Losses. And he wanted to get in on the rejuvenization of Shambly. So, after he got that project done, he was trying to think what else would be neat for the city to make it a destination place. His building has lofts in it, thinking that, okay, you want to come and end your day with a dinner and dessert. So, our favorite thing was dessert, and our favorite dessert is ice cream. So we thought about it and we're like, oh, there's a local creamery we could utilize and we want to do something with trains because Chambly's theme is a city on the right track. So we thought a caboose was cute and we did a lot of um, looking around and found we could get cabooses. Um, back in 1990. Wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. There's there's an actual market for cabooses? People sell? I'd like like to introduce myself. I'm a caboose dealer. uh, I mean, where? How how did you do that?
2: Um, A lot of the people that have them were people that were involved with the railroad. And this one guy, he is in um, Iowa, and he had a bunch of these from the Missouri Pacific line. And they're just not utilized anymore. They took uh, Caboose is off the rail 1990, yes. so they're just sitting around. I mean, they're steel boxes in a lot of cases. Some of them are wooden, but what were you going to do? Just destroy them? So they're just sitting in places, and he had a bunch of them that we found online, and we wanted this style because we thought it was so cute, and so we had it shipped in and put it together. But um, we just thought dessert and a destination place was our first
0: So having it shipped in, so it didn't come like it is. You literally, it was dissected somewhere, taken apart, shipped in, and then put back together?
2: Sort of. Um, It's in two segments. So the box itself is one, and the wheels come off. Okay. So it's 52,000 pounds all together. Yeah. (laughs) So we had to find a truck because when we waited for the rail to get it, we waited like two and a half months and gave up on them. And so it was two trucks. It's called a low boy. So they brought the body on one and the wheels on another.
1: Mm. Wow. So this you, this business you started back in 2009, right?
2: We opened in 2009.
1: So we're, all right, take me through this. It, recession hits, it's 2008. You know, if you, know, you remember downtown Shambly, there wasn't a whole lot going on in downtown Shambly. And here you are starting a brand new business during the middle of a recession you know, was that a difficult task or?
2: Yes. And when we started it, though, we didn't think it was going to be that bad. Um, we, my brother had done some building down in the Brookhaven area and Chambly had come on board and said, we're trying to rejuvenate this area. So we knew things were coming. Um, So all this started in 2007. I got laid off after 20 years with Georgia Pacific slash Blue Links, And so my brother, being a builder, said, "Okay, you know, building products, be my purchasing agent. And then let's start a side project, the caboose. And so I said, sure. And he goes, you could do your work out of the caboose, too, being a purchasing agent. So this will work. So we started on that endeavor. I actually went to a class. It was, and he did too. Four day intense training on opening your own ice cream shop. They actually teach you how to make your ice cream and okay.
1: So things. we have a company now that sells cabooses, and there is a company you're telling me that teaches you how to start and make your own ice cream.
2: A whole ice cream business, a, whole ice a to z, cream opening a shop, making the ice cream. Yep sure does. Uh, All this, actually, the internet helps you with everything. So when I was, after I was laid off, I had my time to figure things out. So I would go on every day and I went to the bookstore to um, learn about opening businesses. There was enough books to read. And then we found out about this class and we said, we can do this. And again, thinking that the recession wasn't going to be that long, uh, we're like, oh, within the year, let's get open and Shambly and, uh, should start picking up building again. So we went forward with it. We um, the property, my brother was actually had already bought that I'm on. And in the meantime, the person we bought it from needed to rent it back. So that kind of held us up actually getting in place. Um, But in the meantime, that gave us time to go to the city and do all the background information we needed to get this business started. So um, once we decided that it was going to be ice cream, we said, oh, let's support another local business. The caboose was so cute. So actually, my husband, with his background in graphic design, we sat down and put the whole theme together. Nice,
0: nice. How did you manage um, during that downtime... Um, I know it's not like a grocery store where things are way more perishable. Your product is primarily frozen ice cream. Um, But did you have a challenge during that time of like inventory going bad, if you will, because maybe you didn't have enough sales or did you have product that people came and wanted a certain kind of ice cream and you didn't have it because you thought we can't have all this in stock. How did you do that?
2: So on the time before
0: like during the
1: recession time, primarily, I was just trying how you managed that. That first thing. year, 2009, yeah. oh, first 2010, year. or did you take off like a bang because people said, hey, look, it's an ice cream shop in downtown Chamblee.
2: Sort of both. Um, until we were known, we were able to get our inventory locally. Um, the only inventory we had issues with was like cones and cups and things like that. But of course, cups and things won't perish. But um, with cones and everything... And it ended up being okay because they have a shelf, a pretty decent shelf life. But with the ice cream, it's made locally, two miles away. So they worked with me um, to start with. First of all, ice cream will last about a year, and um, staying frozen. So I had the freezers in the caboose that you know we have some storage in. We had another freezer that we keep some backup in, and then in the meantime. Greenwood works with me to get me my ice cream.
1: Greenwood is the ice cream manufacturer?
2: Yep, it's a local ice cream manufacturer. It's been around for over 60 years, and they have a great product, and it was locally known. That was the other um, key point to when we started putting our information out there, that a lot of the Shambly people already knew what the ice cream was.
1: Is that still come into play today, or... Now everyone's just like, hey, it's the Frosty Caboose. Does anyone say, where's your ice cream come from? Both. Yeah?
2: Yeah, both. A lot of people just know it of coming into town, it's the Frosty Caboose. But there's still the old-timey people that know about where it came from. Yeah. And they know they can't get single servings or Sundays or anything like that. And so they come to the Frosty Caboose for their good ice cream experience.
1: So we've got some <laughs> some repeat customers, locals that know you, but how do you market your business outside of the locals?
2: In the beginning, I started with advertising through the local, um, like the Chambly has their local residents, emails and everything like that, and how they publicize like with parks and recreation information. So I would get advertising spots with them through being a sponsor so that would get out there. Local newspapers, I advertised in heavily. Um, and any kind of events that were coming up, I was trying to get on board with. So that helped with the advertising. I got in touch with the school. so And we started doing spirit nights and sponsoring swim teams and things like that. So that started getting our advertising out. Well, other companies who are involved with advertising – such as when I still use Scout Mob, um, that has helped tremendously. So it's an app on your phone that you can say, oh, I want ice cream or a dessert, and it will pull up the local places in your area that you are at that time. So that has brought in a whole lot of new traffic.
0: Does it also do a discount, like if you had a yes, day that we was so, to. like, on a rainy day, you could throw it out there. Hey,
2: you go well, the only scooper. way you get in there is a discount. That's right, what okay, part of Scout okay. Mob is, That's yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, and then you utilize that one once. And then we did do a Groupon at one time. Um, a website, definitely put a website out there because everybody's looking these days. Now, when you get a business started, especially in a restaurant or a food industry, Yelp. And um, TripAdvisor, Maps, a lot of these places automatically pick you up because I guess they're searching for people to um, add money into their advertising through time. Now, some of it is free, and especially if you have a website and all. And then if you want more advertising, front page advertising, then they get with you to purchase those spots. But all those have helped out tremendously. Facebook, we did set up a Facebook
1: page finally. And do you mentioned Facebook? In our first segment uh, before you came on, we were talking about social media challenges. And, um, you know, Facebook is obviously a great place to do something like that. Have you ever considered or maybe you've done some kind of your own social media challenge to get people uh, to come to the Frosty Caboose? Uh, what uh-huh. do you think of social media challenges
2: i haven't actually done a challenge and actually will think about that but um on there i've just put like certain days like valentine's day come treat your sweetheart and there'll be a discount or um like for veterans and the police officers and all. i offer discounts for everybody on certain days and things like that so in that challenge you want to get there and get your discount all right. But outside of that, no, I would definitely think about that because I really hadn't thought about a challenge.
1: So I'm just curious, uh, you know, you are an ice cream shop that appeals to all demographics. Is there, have you noticed that you have more of a certain age group coming or, you know, or is it pretty much all across the board? You have a target demographic for the Frosty
2: I guess our original thought was Families because kids always like their ice cream. Um, did not really think that way well, probably get even more adults. I mean, we get a lot of kids because of the train, but there's a lot of adults into trains. Um, and there's a lot of adults that just like their treat and that ice cream is their treat over other things. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, uh, we have you know a huge population of different demographics around us and one thing and I do know they like their ice cream um Spanish people do and mm-hmm. like their their strawberry and things like that in the very beginning we didn't see a whole lot of people but now I mean everybody loves our ice cream and that's one thing they love mm-hmm. which that's neat to be able to cater to well
1: I love your ice cream too I can't get enough of it um one last thing and then we're going to have some fun here at the end um As a potential entrepreneur, what would you say is the most important, talking to our other entrepreneurs out there listening to us, or someone who says, man, I would love to start a a train ice cream shop. What would you say is the most important thing when starting a new business?
2: You really need to look at where you're servicing, where you are, location is everything.
1: Now, you, know, Tom, you can attest to that as a real estate agent, right? Location, 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 location. The three most <laughs> important
0: things in real estate are location, location, and location. Yeah.
2: They are, they are. Um, now, we could be out on Petrie Boulevard. However, we wanted to also be part of a knee area, the destination place. So we did look at the traffic for um, Old Town Chambly. And it was enough to really want to get started. And once we were able to brand our product or our name that everybody knew where we were, then that definitely helped. But always look at location because if you're in a situation where you don't have enough um, drive-by traffic because that's your instant business or it's, you're too hard to get to or nobody knows that area at all, I took a chance on that. But we knew that they were working on um, rejuvenization of Shambly, so that helped a lot. So that's where you want to begin.
1: Nice, nice. All right, well, um, you're listening to Between Two Trains, a business podcast, and we've got Pam Patchmar from Frosty Caboose on us. Pam, we are going to have some fun now. Uh, We have uh, started a game that we played a couple of times in the previous episodes called Hot or Not. This is a game where we will throw out some some things to you and ask you to tell us whether that's a hot thing to do as an entrepreneur and not such a hot thing to do uh, as an entrepreneur. So I'll get us started here. You've been in business now for nine years uh, and um, five-year plans. Is that hot or not? Is that something you would do, a five-year plan?
2: You should have a five-year plan, um, especially because the first two to three years are the years that you're trying to... Jumpstart your business and you'll always, you know, it's hard to get the word out to begin with. And once it starts going and then see where you are at in five years, you want to look at if that's worth going on.
1: So that's, that's hot to you.
2: I think so. Yes. Definitely
1: hot. To All right. um, well, I'll throw it out. We, we actually asked this question to our previous two episode guests. Um, you mentioned your brother, family member, working with a family member. Hot thing to do or not such a hot thing to do? It
2: depends what family (laughs) member you're talking about. (laughs) Um, Actually, my kids come in and help out. And my husband has helped out. We don't need to be in the same place at the same time. Um, He filled in in the beginning when we were just trying to, you know, get started. And we had to have somebody in there all the time. So as long as you're not working at the same time, it's okay.
1: (laughs) All right. So can be hot then. It can be. All right. Tom, you have any hot or nots for Pam today?
0: Um, Being a a small business, you have about how many employees?
2: I run anywhere between six to at least 10 in the summer. So this time of year, I keep around six.
0: Okay. So as an entrepreneur, what do you think about bonuses to employees? Do you you consider that as something that's important to your business? Does it help you or, or not?
2: What I do... Instead of a bonus when it's a good season or whatever, they get perks throughout the whole time. Free so ice cream. They do,
1: yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you have an application? Can I apply? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so they earn their on their shifts and things like that, um, you know. And and if it was a really great year, and you know, I look at what they're making, and of course to help bump them. Most of my employees are students. So it's a good opportunity for them. I have one that, you know, worked to pay for his schooling, his college. So and the other ones that's they're spending money or saving
1: for college, the things okay. that they need. Well, I got one last hot or not before we wrap it up. It's a one word statement. Shambly hot or not. Getting hot. Getting, Getting hot. hot. All right. Well, you've been listening to Between Two Trains, a business podcast. My name is Van Pappas. I'm here with my co-host, Tom Abbott. And Pam, we just want to thank you for coming on the show and hope you had a good time. And, you know, any parting words? Do you have any any events coming up, uh, Frosty Caboose? You know, are you all going to be out somewhere, you know, spirit night or anything like that? What's What's coming up on the docket?
2: A lot of the spirit nights we do now, um, we try to coordinate between Vintage and us because you can do your pizza or whatever and come across the street for your dessert. We do have a spirit night coming up uh, later in March, and but we o- are open all the time for spirit nights, so let us know. We also come to you for off-site events, and then the next biggest thing probably would be good neighbor day coming okay. up
1: this year so. that's in may i believe right
2: it's been yeah. in may yes so we go to some of the bigger events around shambly we can handle one day events very well
1: all right well thank you again for coming on the show and uh tom any parting words
0: you scream ice cream we all scream for ice
1: cream <laughs> <laughs> i know
0: we will all be bringing people now after a long day of showing it's like hey let's stop grab some ice cream and talk about this there
1: Which you go good. Uh, You can listen to Between Two Trains on a number of sources. Check us out on SoundCloud. We are now on iTunes. So you Apple people, uh, just do a quick search of Between Two Trains. That is the number two, not T-W-O, and uh, we'll check you out uh, at our next episode. Thanks for listening.